Welcome to the We Talk Health Podcast, the official podcast for West Tennessee Healthcare. Please be advised that this podcast is not intended to replace any medical advice. Always follow your medical professional's advice and direction. Nothing said in this podcast is intended to supersede or supplement the direction of your medical caretakers. If you have any questions, please reach out to us at wetalkhealthpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer any questions you may have. Welcome to We Talk Health, part of West Tennessee Health Care's podcast. This is Kathy Sudbury with Sports Plus Rehab. We are on the road recovery today, and we are traveling to Jackson, Tennessee, to Work Plus Rehab Center. And today I have two of our occupational therapists with us, and I'd like to introduce them. One is Cody Stovall, and the other is Woody Tapman, and we will be talking today regarding the Adapted Driving Program. Woody, would you like to go ahead and introduce yourself and tell a little more about yourself? Well, my name is Woody Tapman, uh, occupational therapist. I've been working here at uh, West Tennessee Healthcare for the past 31 years, and um, I've done a variety of things as far as uh, inpatient rehab. And, uh, I've been doing the driving program since probably 2008, 2009. Been involved with Work Plus since then. And, uh, and Cody, how about you? Good morning. I'm uh, Cody Stovall. I've been an occupational therapist for roughly 10 years, so I'm the younger statesman here in the, in the group. Also a certified driving rehab specialist. Do a lot of things here at Work Plus. Obviously, they're talking about our driving program, but we do a lot of work hardening, hand therapy, a lot of different things like that. So a varied, varied experience here at the clinic, trying to get people back on the right track, back to work, back to life, things of that nature. So a lot of people don't realize Work Plus has that many different divisions in it from physical therapy and occupational. But one of the things we're going to talk about today is these two are certified in a specific thing, and I'd like for them to explain what that does and why it's so encouraging for you to know what adaptive driving means. There are very few of us around the country that do this. There's about 300 certified driving rehab specialists in the country. And it's, it's a very important service because if you think about this, the lifespan from when we begin driving, you know, maybe you're 15 or 16. If you're like me and you live in the country, it was, you know, seven or eight years old on the tractor and learn how to drive. A lot of people don't have that education or that, that background to begin driving. Uh, and maybe they have a medical condition that, you know, keeps them from driving safely or from their parents from teaching them to drive. Uh, they might have autism or have cerebral palsy or have something like that, that that could cause them to be a little bit more difficult to learn how to drive. And then so you go from that age in the 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old range to your young adult who might have some sort of disabling condition or accident. So they might you know, have had a uh, car accident, had a spinal cord injury, and now they've driven normally for a long time. And now life has changed, and they have to drive with something such as hand controls. Uh, so that's, that's something we teach. And you know, then you look at the you know, older population as we age, and... You know, sometimes mom or dad, their condition changes and maybe their memories changed. Maybe their, uh, you know, their ability to get around, their mobility has changed and, you know, maybe their safety has been compromised in that way. And so we assess them through that. So Woody may talk a little bit more about the actual assessment process, uh, but that's, that just kind of talks about the whole lifespan from learning how to drive to sometimes at the end of life seeing if we can still drive and be safe during that elder period of our lives. You know, and sometimes it's not really the end of life. It's kind of, it can happen really anytime when you should or shouldn't be driving, you know, depending upon your disability, what's going on with you. The early Alzheimer's, we've had people as young as 52 to where we said they couldn't drive anymore and they weren't very happy about it. So, uh, but Cody and I are the one of seven uh, in the state of Tennessee that even are certified through the National 
um, association driver rehab specialist to even do this. It's a lot more fun helping somebody that has been disabled for some reason, whether it's a spinal cord injury or what Cody was mentioning, and teaching them how to drive again with a modified vehicle. So we're not really teaching them how to drive. Having somebody that shouldn't be driving is, is probably more critical because you're trying to save and preserve their integrity as well as their life and then other people's safety. So it's a community safety issue, which is pretty much paramount. And we try to explain that with our patients on the front end. And um, so we... If we evaluate them, which is a pretty intensive three to four hour process, you know, we spend some time in the clinic discussing, going through some reasonably simple cognitive assessments, and then we, for the most part, take them on the road. And so we'll just see how they do. And, um, and then we provide them that information and then usually give them some information about what they can use in, within the community if they're no longer safe to drive. You touched based on two things I wanted to ask, though. When you say you're certified, and one of two, or rather two, right here in West Tennessee, out right of here. the state of Tennessee, there's seven, and you're two of them, correct? Correct. correct. And what that means to the general public is that you guys can make the yes or no decision on whether or not this person is able to drive. And then if they are able to drive, you're able to help with teaching them the modifications in the vehicles we have that have some Maybe Certainly. hand gear or left foot accelerator. Exactly. So we have those two. We have two vehicles here. They were able to do that, correct? We do. We do, and we provide the training as well. And so Cody and I both do that. Tomorrow we're actually going to help somebody get their driver's license. Been working with as a spinal cord patient, so that'd be pretty exciting. I think he's pretty excited about it. Yeah, and you know, right now we've had we've got a really exciting uh, thing going on. It's been going on for about three or four years here with uh, with Work Plus and partnership with the state of Tennessee, the Tennessee Highway Safety Office. Uh, we have a grant to assess folks who are sixty five years or older who have some sort of cognitive condition. So it could be uh, memory loss. It could be uh, any number of things that that their physician has some concerns uh, about their ability to drive safely. And through that grant from the state of Tennessee, we can actually do the assessment at no cost uh, as long as they meet the requirements of the study and agree to share their research. Because uh, believe it or not, West Tennessee is a very dangerous place for folks in that 65 year and older category to be driving. You know, there, there were some statistics that came out back in 2016 that showed that uh, Madison County was, was ranked in the top five counties in the state for that age group as far as deaths. So that's really one reason we're trying to get ahead of this curve, trying to protect the citizens, especially that age group, uh, and get the word out today that, you know, if, if you're having issues, uh, whether you're someone that may be having some, some things going on in your own life or you're, you're thinking about mom or dad right now, that, you know, hey, something has changed. We don't really know exactly what that is, but something is really changing with them or it has changed and we're concerned. Some of the best advice would be just to speak to your doctor, you know, Talk to, talk to their physician, you know, their primary care doctor. If they've seen them for a good while, they're going to be able to see some changes as well. And a lot of times just mentioning that in that visit can really start the ball rolling to keep them safe. Great piece of advice today, just to start that conversation because when things in life change, uh, the quicker you can have that conversation, especially when it comes to memory loss or Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that, starting that conversation on the front end, really, really helps the process go more smoothly. So our evaluation process, I kind of was alluding onto what Cody was saying, uh, having the conversation with family members and, the, and your doctor, but our process is, is very objective. You know, so a lot of people are concerned that it's a, you're picking on me, you're, you're, you're taking away my right. Our whole process is, as I was mentioning, very objective and, um, and very thorough and just kind of a rather efficient. We're not expecting perfection, but 
you know, just the ability to make some good quantitative decisions, smart decisions, and then drive safely. I really try to emphasize, I think Cody does as well, that the whole driving process, when you go out and drive, it's all about trust. You're trusting that everybody's going to play by the rules. And when you are have a memory loss issue or some cognitive thinking issues, then making those decisions on the road gets rather challenging. You know, when to pull out, what side of the road to stay on. And then we've all had this person that's been traveling eastbound and they're headed west. You know, so uh, we're coming up the on-ramp when it should be going down the off-ramp. And so um, we try to be as objective, and we do. We're very objective in the whole process. So basically trying to keep everything safe. Yeah, and that's that's a good point, Woody. I think another reason that we're here today, too, is a lot of times when, when someone comes here to be evaluated and they bring, let's say they bring a family member, a daughter or a son with them, a lot of times that daughter or that son has is so frustrated. They're just so strung out at that point because they've taken care of, of their, their loved one for so long and they didn't know that our program existed. And when they get here, that I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I, I wish I'd known about this a year ago because mom or dad has, they have needed this for a long time. And I, I guess that's, you know, like I said, one reason we're really here today to, tr- to try and continue to get the word out that you're not alone in this. You're not out on an island. There are a lot of people dealing with this. You know, a great example, yesterday I evaluated a, uh, a lady. She was in her mid-80s, and I knew I recognized them. And actually two years ago, I evaluated her husband, and he had Alzheimer's at the time. And we just kind of talked back about about that case and, and how he's doing, and, and he was recommended to not drive, and he's, he's doing, doing well and living in a, in a facility near their home. But... You know, I just I just look across the table at the daughter, and it, it gives me peace knowing that we were able to help her transition and her mother and her father transition to a safer life because it, it was obvious that just like her father, her mother did not need to drive uh, due to the testing that we did. And to me, that's a huge success story. Is it, is it sad in a sense that mom and dad aren't driving anymore? Sure, it is. But on that same coin, you flip it over and mom and dad are safe now. And and there's not that opportunity for them to go out and get into a situation that they can't control because they don't have the cognitive ability to do that anymore. So that, that was just a, uh, a really good example of how, you know, this program can, you know, come full circle in one family. And, and that, that thankfully that doesn't happen often where a husband and a wife, you know, need our services. But I know it gave the daughter a lot of peace and, and even the, you know, when, when we were discussing that with, with mom yesterday, she was accepting of it. You know, she knew there were some things going on that had changed and she just really wanted to see if she could still drive. So just a great success story for, for what we do. And it seems you're also playing that role of peacemaker between the doctor and the family members, because my, myself, I have aging father and mother and just knowing when that time comes, how hard it's going to be for me to say, you can't drive anymore knowing that there is that third-party person that can make that decision and have the proof to say, Mom, sorry, you just can't do it. And it kind of takes the role of being that punisher, as you might want to call it, into y'all's hands. And you guys make that decision for them. You also do relay this back to the physician as well so the daughter doesn't have to go back and tell the doctor this. Is that what the process? Yeah, we send the, the information and the report goes to the doctor for their clarification. Then we also notify the state. The state gets the, the, the a formal description and outline, and then the state actually notifies the individual 
of the status of their license. You know, so we tell the folks that from our perspective, they did not, I hate to say the word fail, but, you know, didn't pass. We don't feel that they're safe to drive a car anymore. And then we will notify both their physician and the state, and then they will be notified of the results of that, you know, pending that. But pretty much what we say the state does go along with. I don't think we've ever, I'm not aware of anybody that's ever been, it's, it's been, been disputed, but uh, sometimes we've had people where they've come back and they've been retested or they've been tested somewhere else. And so once they fail with them, then they start looking around at the other six within the state. And um, it is amazing how far somebody will travel to get another opinion and get another. And, we, and we're on the other side. We're getting second opinions. You know, we're, we're the second opinion person from somebody that's been evaluated, say, in Middle Tennessee. So, uh, so yeah, so there's more than just us. You know, we, we're not allowed to punch a hole in your driver's license, but we're pretty close to it. It's nice keeping the community safe. All right, so that did uh, answer a question there. So you do send that information to the state of Tennessee, whether they pass or fail. And like you well, said, you only if they fail. Only if they, if they, if they fail. pass, okay. then we will notify the state if they have been referred to us by the state for medical review. Maybe gotcha. somebody's turned them in. And so I could say, well, you know, Will is a, is a psyche driver and, and, and the state needs to pull his license. And so they'll go, okay, and they'll notify Will. Then he has to then prove that he's a good driver. And unbeknownst, he has no idea who turned him in. So he gets turned in, so then he has to go through the process. So if we get somebody like that, we evaluate them, then we notify the state that they did fine. They were a perfectly fine driver. And I had one of those this week, and I had one that I had one from either side this week, one which could do fine, and the guy yesterday did not do fine. So, But typically, if they're from the doctor and they can do fine and they have a valid driver's license, we don't need to notify the state. And, you know, you mentioned the, the physician. It is nice for us to be here because a lot of these physicians, they've seen these these individuals for 20 years. And and sometimes it's hard for them to be objective because they're their friends. And it's it's just great to have that third party. You know, obviously they're a physician. They're going to have an opinion. But, gosh, I mean, it, it can become clouded if they're your, if they're your friend or they're your neighbor. So it's just good for us to be that that neutral third party that can come in without an agenda and without knowing the person and, and just make that that determination uh, that's unbiased and and then you know, that way the the physician has a has a better leg to stand on that says you know look things went great or, or things didn't go so well and now here's the course of action going forward so just a a, a good thing to have the the teamwork there with the physician and the family and, and us along with the individual that we're assessing. And then we provide them and the family with the information, like with the My Ride Tennessee, uh, which is a, a Jackson local uh, program that provides transportation for older adults. I think it's 65 and older. It's a very nominal fee for uh, seniors within Madison County, and they've expanded to Henderson County and to Gibson County as well. I mean, for $2, they can get a ride round trip to a doctor's appointment, to a grocery store, to the movies, to see a friend. So it's a really nice service. It's a volunteer program, so it's a much... It's a very dependable program, so you know that if I'm going to pick somebody up, I'm going to be at their house when they want you to pick them up, as opposed to waiting for the bus or some other type of uh, public transportation service. So that's a nice service that's offered here in Madison County, and it's actually expanding. So we do provide them with that information. And I mentioned this earlier, too, but it's making a plan when something happens, you know, whether it's it's young, whether you're learning to drive, or whether you're older, let's say you're an elder adult and you're 70 plus and you're thinking you know it might be time for me to look at alternate transportation we just can't stress enough today to talk to your doctor talk to your family talk to that person who is your kind of your confidant who's who's in your corner and and make a plan 
because the earlier you make a plan, the earlier you discuss this, the better the outcome is going to be. We've seen both ends of the spectrum there. We, we, you know, a lot of times in life, we, we don't want to discuss the difficult things. We want to put it aside. We want to shove it in a closet until that closet just bursts open on us. And, and this is one of those things that if you can get out ahead of it, a lot of times there's, there's much less heartache, there's much less stress, there's much less struggle between people and personalities. You can discuss it early and, and make a plan. Well, touching base on making that plan, uh, say if you had someone that's just recently had a stroke, no matter what age they are, and the doctor does have concern about them driving, is that a patient that could be sent over here? Most definitely. Most definitely. And we encourage, if you've had a stroke or a new neurological event, not to rush into it. I mean, everybody wants to drive. They want to drive. They want to drive. They want to drive. It's, just, it's, it's amazing sure how fast. It is. It is. But there's many alternatives. But sometimes we get patients that get sent to us a little bit too soon. You know, so in those situations, we'll evaluate them and say, you know, it's only been three months. It's only been two months since you had your stroke. Let's revisit this and we'll schedule them to come back and say six months or eight months or whatever. So usually we'd like to see somebody six months to a year after they've had their stroke. That usually gives us a, a better time frame of a good brain healing that has occurred. And uh, we get a better quality outcome. But yes, someone that's had a stroke or a spinal cord injury or a head injury. We see a lot of people with head injuries. And usually we see them, it's been a year post their insult. Um, the rare occasion, somebody's been sooner. But again, it's not as cut and dry as somebody with Alzheimer's or some type of altered mental status that we really can't correct from. You know, they just really can't take the training and the advice and, and making the corrective actions, which are necessary. But with a stroke, we have some potential to learn. And I, I would say we get minimum five calls a day. Someone just just like we've been speaking of who maybe their their dad's had a, a stroke or even, you know, a, a massive heart attack. And now he wants to go back to driving and the doctor's saying, you know, we, we need to look at this. Or someone is, you know, aging or someone has a ch- child. There, there's so many situations that we could, you know, that we get calls upon. You know, it may be someone who's had an accident in the THP, you know, wrote in the report that, they need to go through a formal driving assessment. So, so then they call us, and, and then we, we we are happy to walk people through that process because there are so many differing situations out there that are terribly confusing if you've never been through it. And fortunately, this is what we do for a living. This is uh, We're here. We've done this for a long time. Uh, we work with local physicians, the state of Tennessee, uh, law enforcement, all these these avenues, and you know, like I said, the, the phone call is free. Uh, we are happy to help you. Uh, we're here on, on Van Drive. If you need to stop by, uh, it's 731-984-7640. That's our, our contact information. Um, you know, we're at a lot of events locally as well. Uh, any type of aging events, any type of uh, community health fairs, we're, we usually have a representative there. So, uh, like I said, feel free to give us a call. We'll, we'll do our best to help you and, and, and navigate through the situation that you're in, regardless if it is with your young son, young daughter who's, who's learning how to drive, or if it's with your aging parent, or if, or if you're the person in that situation that you know, has some concerns about your, your safety. But also, one other thing, which um, I don't think Cody touched on, but maybe it did, but when you're making a decision as far as if you're going to be driving or not, Sometimes you have to have some modifications to your vehicle. You have to have some adaptive equipment. You have to have some things that you might need to make it to where you can drive the vehicle. We're the guys to call to help you find out what that stuff is going to be. So what we encourage people is not to grab the Internet, grab the catalogs, and start ordering stuff. 
and putting stuff in which you may or may not need. Even if you do need it, you really need to learn how to use it and go through the proper procedures and steps to, to use it safely and uh, kind of a compliant with the state regulations as well. So, so a, a lot of people as well will call and say, you know, Cody, I don't know what normal aging looks like and then translate that to driving. And, you know, I, I just think about I'm in my mid-30s, but a lot of times I walk in the kitchen and I think, what did I come in here for? Did I, did I, did I mean to go to the fridge or am I going to get this or am I going to get that? You know, that's, that's normal. We do that all throughout life. But getting lost in a familiar area that you've lived for 20 years or, you know, having unexplained scrapes, dents, different colors of paint on your vehicle, you know, th- those are two big red flags. Uh, confusing the gas and the brake pedal, those are two or, or three big red flags right there. So, yeah, it's it's difficult to see that in someone that you're around all the time because it's easy to overlook things when you're with mom or you're with dad or you're with your, your child. But those are a few things that should alert you that something has changed. Uh, that's that's not a normal aging process. That's not a normal safe thing to do. And, and also, you know, we get questions all the time about, you know, what do I study? Do I have to come there and be, and, and, and be perfect? Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and we're not looking for perfect. You know, I wasn't perfect driving here today, but I got here without any you know, traffic violations and not have any blue lights behind me. I was safe. I drove safely. And that's, that's what we look for. We're not looking for someone to come in here and be perfect because that no one is perfect uh, when it comes to driving, when it comes to life. But you should be able to operate a motor vehicle safely. And that's why the state of Tennessee or the, whatever state you're in grants you the privilege to be able to drive. I'd like to go back to, you were talking, Woody, about the adapted driving equipment. Can you give him an example of a patient that's not an elderly or like a teenager? Why would we need adapted driving equipment put on a vehicle? Well, one, probably a really easy one, if your right leg isn't with you anymore, so you've had it amputated, maybe you have diabetic neuropathy, and so you can't feel your feet. And so you can see them and you can look down and, and, and move. They move, but you don't know where they are. Two easy modifications. One's a left foot accelerator to where it actually mounts into the floor of the car. You use your left foot to operate the accelerator, and then your left foot pushes on the brake. Sounds really easy. It's a very simple modification, but you've spent the past 60 years driving with your right foot, and your brain goes right foot. And so if you've got diabetic neuropathy and that's usually a bad option. But if say you have a you know, prosthesis or you're missing your right leg for whatever reason, training with that process can be rather challenging, especially in the, uh, the surprise situations You know where you have to quickly hit the brake or you have to quickly accelerate out. Your brain reverts back to its previous right. habits, training and knowledge and stuff happens to everybody. And so there's been numerous cases of people running into things. We had a fellow in Brownsville. The left foot accelerator was put in the car without the proper training, and he ended up through the front door of a local bank. He ended up evaluating him and really wasn't safe to drive at all. And it was one of those cases to where he had equipment put in um, a little prematurely. Hand controls are, are a big one. We, we do a lot of hand controls with spinal cord patients. Some with a diabetic neuropathy, which you, you just don't know where your feet are, so trying to teach somebody with the hand controls. It takes a little bit more training, a little bit more practice, because now... You're not even using your feet. So even if you are a spinal cord patient, can't use your legs, your brain still thinks feet. It just takes a little bit more time, a few weeks of training. And then uh, once we finish with the training, then they take a test with the state. Then the state gives them a new driver's license. So those are two big ones. So the hand controls and the left foot accelerator are two common ones with us. 
So you're know, giving those patients still have hope that they may have that independence certainly, because certainly. you guys are certified to do this type of right. uh, training. We are. And, you know, a lot of people out there think, too, well, gosh, I'm, I'm disabled now. Let's say I've had a car accident and I can't use my legs. You can still drive. There is still potential there. If you have upper extremity functions, you can use your hands and your arms and, and, and have good trunk uh, control. You know, that is something that is possible. We see a lot, a lot of people who, you know, they may have been injured 10 years ago. And they come in and they say, you know, I had no idea I could still drive using hand controls, and and that's a that's a real option. Uh, it's it's definitely something we can we can discuss and and look at your your specific case, and and it's something that really really gives people tons and tons of independence. You know, you think about opening up a door. You know, we have a gentleman now. What he uh, mentioned earlier, we're we're going to the driver service station uh, this afternoon. That's right. Today. Uh, Today's a day. He has two young girls. Hot diggity dog. Hot diggity dog. And he has two young girls. They both play softball. Uh, and right now he can't he can't drive them to their practices. He can't drive them to their games. He can't go to the to the tournaments that they go to because he, he hasn't got the restriction on his license, like Woody had mentioned from the state. And and thankfully he's been able to come here. We've been able to train him. He's doing great. And he is, as anyone could imagine, very excited uh, to be able to drive again, to be able to have that independence, to be able to really get out and, and provide for his family and, and attend those events and, and, and be that active participant in his, uh, his, his children's lives. And if it wasn't for hand controls, he wouldn't be able to do that. Very thankful for, for that and, and his ability to, to, well, the hand controls and his whole van will be modified. I mean, he's got, um, it's from the ramp to the lowered floor, to a special docking system for his wheelchair, to a special seat belt. So it's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And, and we're proud to be part of that process. And we encourage folks you know, to contact either us or somebody that's as qualified to help them through that process because it's a, I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there, you know. And, and some people will, if they lose their right leg, they just drive with their left foot, they cross it over, or they use a stick or a, a golf club upside down, or, or they have, you know, Uncle Harry put in something. But definitely using somebody that's been certified and trained and familiar with the process and help them walk through, like Cody and myself, I think would be a definitely a good option. You know, and, and you think, too, this gentleman today, when he, when he gets his license, you know, he's 35 years old. So there's 40 more years of independence. At least. Okay, so if he, lives, if he lives into his 70s, which, right. you know, let's, you know let's, let's be conservative. He lives into his 70s. There's 40 years. That's right. Where if, if he doesn't have those hand controls, he's going to be dependent upon someone else waiting on transportation you know his wife works for a living she can't take him to appointments she has to take off work so it's just a it's a phenomenal opportunity for him and he's he's over the moon excited good morale boost as we're wrapping up our podcast today one of the things i want the general public to understand is that you guys are available you are certified through the state of tennessee and that the adaptive driving program is uh, very unique and can touch base with you guys at what number cody it's 731-984 7640. So, and you can also, if you're on Van Drive, you can see Work Plus sign. Just walk in, give us a shout, and come meet these guys. They're very, as as you've heard their voices, they're very nice, and that's the way they truly are in person. And as we're wrapping this up, I want to say thank you guys for coming and talking with us. And this has been the Road to Recovery with Sports Plus. And thank you for listening to We Talk Health. We have 14 convenient locations to serve you, so if you're experiencing any type of pain or if you just have a simple question, you'd like to give us a call, you can call us at 800-427-0957 with 14 convenient locations. We have five in Madison County, 
That would be our Sports Plus North, South, our Sports Plus Aqua Therapies, Lift Therapy, and Work Plus Rehab. Uh, yes, Lift Therapy is part of our Sports Plus, so keep that in mind as well. If you also are living outside of the Jackson area, we have Sports Plus Alamo, Brownsville, Dyersburg, Henderson, Humboldt, Lexington, Medina, Milan, and Trenton. So if you are living in West Tennessee, we have 14 convenient locations for you.